What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by FMF as well as Sick Wicks. Soy candles are way better than paraffin candles, and you want to find out more information at sickwicks.com. That's right, that was a commercial or a live read for a candle company. You heard that correctly. Also, check out fmfracing.com. Participate in The Drop. You cannot buy these t-shirts in stores. You cannot buy them on the, on the website. The only way you can get these exclusive shirts to your door every month, $25 value. I think it's $29, $29 value? I think it's $29. At the drop, I know this guy on the phone probably is either a subscriber or wishes that he was. We'll maybe have to get that ironed out by the end of this podcast, but he is the Italian stallion. Patrick Carino, thank you for making time for the podcast. No problem. Hey, thank you for like for coming on the show. Um, it's been a long time coming. I believe it was uh, Dale Borg who originally uh, suggested I have you on the podcast. Of course, Dale, a huge fan of all things dirt bikes, regardless of what it is, who it is, uh, or just like if it even resembles at all close to a motorcycle. Uh, he's a fan of that. And uh, you yourself are a, uh, a 26-year-old professional motocross racer. So uh, clearly Dale's a huge fan of you, your work. And uh, so and that, that honestly, and also your due diligence to continue uh, to, to get into my direct messages to, uh, to make this request beyond the podcast. Now we're making it happen. It's a bit a long time coming, and I'm, I'm pleased and happy to have you on the show. Yes, thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely. So uh, let's get some particulars. There may be a few people listening that uh, are are wondering who the heck Patrick Carino is. So maybe uh, you would know better than anybody. Who are you, my friend? Uh, I'm, my name is Patrick Carino, born and raised from New York. Uh, been now racing, uh, turned pro uh, at 18. Been racing now for about 20 Almost close to 20 years um, being, uh, you know, involved in the sport and the industry. Fair enough. And so um, you still, like, live and work and uh, and race out of uh, the New England area, or uh, whereabouts are you located now? I'm located up in upstate New York. Um, currently, my main source at the time is uh, racing out of New England. Okay. That's where I pretty much resign. I'm kind of on the border of Massachusetts and New York. Okay, so you're like getting 26 years of age. Um, you're like you're by no means a, a super young pro. If, if anything, you've probably been racing professional in the pro class for uh, damn near 10 years, uh, I suppose. Um, who are some of the guys that you would have raced against growing up? Uh, I imagine maybe a few uh, motos with the Ripa, and even uh, I don't know how how much older than you is Phil. Phil's maybe a year or two older than you. But who who are some of the young guns you came up with? Maybe Sean Reif? Uh, AJ, AJ the Cat. Okay, uh, yeah. Jimmy. Yeah, mo- pretty much all those guys that you just named. Fair or, enough. You know, so how'd you stack up against those guys? Um, see, the majority of the time, I was always uh, maybe a 5 to 10 guy. 
um, between recent, you know, the, the B class and, you know, coming up and recent the school boys and the college boys and pretty much that. Um, uh, back in 2015, uh, I was fortunate enough to obtain uh, four championships in the New England area, uh, the recent the local uh, events of the NEMEC series, along with uh, jumping in a little bit of race in the NESC as well. Fair enough. Just becoming one of those uh, New England legends like uh, uh, Barry Karsten, all of those guys. Like you're literally, you are creating your own sort of legacy. Like the same guys that, like the guys that you looked up to. Now there's little Groms running around at the track that they they know uh, Patrick Carino. That's like going to be their like you're you're the you're their Pat Barton. You're their uh, yeah. Tony Larusso. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, I'd like to say that I think so, um, in a way. I mean, those guys are still a huge, huge impact, and uh, I still look up to those guys in a great way, and I have a great um, amount of respect for all of them. Uh, they're all great guys, and, you know, they definitely uh, – I got the chance when I lived in Florida at 19 years old to actually uh, live next to Tony and get to know him a little bit better as a person, and uh, – you know, he was always there if I needed anything uh, as far as giving me a helping hand, uh, you know, along with uh, John Down as well. I mean, he's always, uh, you know, a great person to look up to and, you know, uh, I have a great amount of respect for those guys. You know, they're all all around great guys and great riders and they're definitely somebody you want to look up to. Dowdy, Treadhead, the whole uh, the whole crew, and uh, now you're in the mix as well. Um, and also racing some su- some Supercross, Arena Cross, uh, maybe not uh, Supercross just yet, but definitely uh, some Arena Cross and outdoors. Um, and you choose to uh, pilot a Kawasaki. What's uh, what's the thought process behind grabbing um, a, a green machine? And uh, it seems like you've been on those for quite some time. Yeah, I've been riding the Kawasaki pretty much my whole life. Uh, back in 2014, I think was probably the only time I switched, and uh, that was a deal set up um, with Team Dirt Bike Mike uh, KTM, which is out of uh, uh, Arkansas. Okay. And uh, basically, they're st- stationed out of there. They're kind of a uh, satellite privateer, um, but um, that was like one of my only times that I uh, went outside the lines of riding uh, something else. Uh, rode the KTM. Um, just uh, uh, just the Cowie's always just suited me, and, you know, um, all around been a great bike for me, and I, that's just what I feel com- comfortable on. No doubt. You, you even raced a Kawasaki <laughs> KX125. We have that in common, my friend. Yeah. Yep, yep. What, what did, year was uh, that beautiful did, machine? Uh, that was in 2005, and I was just uh, running that. I ran that at the Daytona Amateur Supercross. That's uh, pretty back cool. In 2000, yeah, back in 2014. Wow, 2014, four years ago on a uh, on a bike that's nine years old, not too much different from uh, from my machine that uh, I grew up by. I cut my teeth in the 125 class on a uh, an 05 or 04 KX125. Love that thing. Um but uh, I ended up getting go ahead getting some wise words. I ended up getting some wise words of wisdom from the great himself, Mitch Payton, told me that uh, said, "Oh, you look a little, a little on the tall side for that, but if Wyndham can do it, you can do it." 
<laughs> Fair enough. I like it. I like. It. Hey, they all had to ride one two one two fives at some point. I believe even Travis Preston, uh, winning a championship on that on a one two five at uh, like six foot one, six foot two at the very least. Um, tall guys on a one twenty five is difficult, but some guys were able to make it work. How tall are you? Absolutely. Um, I'm just about six foot. Okay, yeah, so that's like, you're you're around my height, you're like, I'm six foot on the button, so uh, a 125 looks um, looks a little bit toddlerish underneath me, but uh, we, we, we make it work. I've never actually sold a bike, so I still have my 04KX125 to uh, at my disposal. I don't get to take it out as often as I'd like to, but uh, anytime that you can just uh, make yourself sound fast without actually having to go that fast is a, a good thing for me, so... Um, that's that's my uh, weapon of choice when it comes to uh, making some noise. Absolutely, a lot of fun as well. For sure. And uh, I actually, I I actually have uh, not had one for quite some time, but uh, my brother still hangs on to his, and okay. uh, he loves the thing. Nice. So uh, I come to understand that uh, in addition to being a professional motocross racer, you also uh, supplement that income with a day job. You you are, you have a backup plan, which is a smart thing. Not all motocross racers do. What is it that you do to uh, fill the gaps and pay the bills when you're not uh, uh, chasing after moto wins inside the stadiums or at your uh, your local um, pro pro race? I'm a, t- I'm a truck driver. Okay. Uh, transport uh, equipment, uh, pretty much anything. Um, so I've been doing that now for about three and a half years. Um, uh, definitely just uh, something to, you know, to keep the bills going and, you know, have a steady income as far as a backup plan as well. Um, you know, it's not a bad thing, um, especially nowadays. Definitely, absolutely. You need to have that catch net if things happen to go sideways. And in a case like yourself, this season... Uh, arena cross basically is no more uh, and, and yet to see if something does pop up whether it, like uh, there are other other races that can be done and I understand that in the, in recently you have actually actually done some racing and maybe we can get into that in a little bit here um, but yeah like that's a bit of that throws a bit of a wrench into your your winter plans that the fact that there uh, there aren't going to be as many uh, events to to attend uh, with the arena cross series going away for sure. Growing up as a as a younger kid, I uh, I was able to uh, you know go down to Florida and do my training during the winter months and stuff like that. But uh, you know, once life happened and uh, you know everything uh, you know took its took its tour, you know I made the smart decision to uh, you know basically put myself in a good situation rather than uh, you know put myself in a bad situation and not have the means to uh keep on you know pushing myself forward so at that point in time i uh you know i'm very grateful for everything i learned um throughout those years uh i was under kawasaki team green for x amount of years and they were very very helpful to me and uh still are to this day and i uh, got a chance to work with the moto eco program with coach rob and uh the whole crew down there i was at freeberg and Adam Cincerello and you know all those guys and, and they were great and uh, very very helpful to me in my time I stayed so learned a lot from those people growing up and uh, you know always you know all around great people great Absolutely. people to look up to in the sport. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I uh, for those like I wouldn't like I'm not really. Uh advertising for a different podcast on my own podcast, but I got a ton of 
value out of the Coach Rob podcast. That guy uh, has an incredible way of uh, breaking things down for a guy, for a bricklayer like me to understand it and uh, some really simple ideas that you can wrap your brain around and put in place every single day. And I actually uh, direct messaged him yesterday because um, I, 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 like, I'm, I haven't totally just brought this out, but I've in the last since August, I've lost uh, 15 pounds and 10% body fat in four months. And like basically, and like it's not completely Coach Rob. I'm not on that program, so to speak. But like using him as a bit of a mentor, using other people as a bit of a mentor, and just sticking to it, um, I've completely flipped the script on my fitness. And uh, for anyone who's like battling uh, their kind of some fitness woes or whatever like that, you want to make a change in your life. The Coach Rob podcast is a great way to start with uh, some great ideas, and I'm sure that you benefited from that as well because uh, you're a runner, you're an athlete, and uh, yeah, but whether it be uh, a half marathon or, uh, or going out there to, for a quick mile, it seems like you definitely have uh, um, some athletic genes, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this year, actually, uh, I said I wanted to do uh, some of those 5K races here, and uh, I got the chance to do one, and uh, I surprised myself for the most part, I'd say. Uh, Led for uh, 2.5k and ended up fading back a little bit. Um, got to basically eighth place overall, which I was very happy with. <laughs> you know, considering I never do that, and uh, it was just something I wanted to do out of fun and pure joy, and uh, it ended up uh, being a good thing, and I uh, had a lot of fun and enjoyed it. Absolutely. Like, what's your favorite part about running? Uh, for those who aren't into running, it's something that is a little bit difficult to get into as far as just like finding the love for it. But uh, like, how how did you find I, the love for running? I would say uh, running has uh, pretty much a, a mysterious way of uh, you know the uh, way of uh, your mindset. I would say in a way, uh, it just like it's uh, it's a different mental focus. Uh, than racing a dirt bike completely different and it's it's something new uh basically for anyone that's like wanting to get into it in that is involved in this industry it's just a an attuned thing to kind of get your mind off things and set it uh completely different um compared to where it would be if you were on the motocross track per se absolutely no there's definitely a different approach to it i find um and maybe this is because there's not a whole lot of skill level in, involved with it. It's more or less how what you're able to push yourself. I find it, it's um, easy for me to like find seconds, half seconds, running a mile and, and being able to like get that fastest mile down probably better than I can on, on, a, on a dirt bike. I'm never, never really able to like figure out where am I losing, where am I gaining uh, when I'm riding. But I, I can... Uh, I, I think of like I don't know, like well this I'm I'm not going to throw down my fastest mile and have it not be impressive. What's your fastest mile? Um, for the most part, seven fifteen is what I can get it down to this summer. Fair enough. Well, then I, I I'll, I'll I'll humbly brag that my fastest mile is a uh, a blistering six thirteen, my friend. So you got some work to do. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Fair enough. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you so. Gotta get those- Got to get those Seth Rarick miles in. 
I think so. Yeah. Well, it also have to. It would be nice to have Seth Seth Rurik's legs because that guy's got uh, uh, that guy's an antelope as far as uh, uh, his 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 running is concerned. Um, and that's another guy you must have grown up uh, racing against. He's from around the same area, and also a very a good hardworking guy as well. His dad, I think, his dad's a bricklayer. I think that's what uh, yeah. Seth Rurik yep. uh, yeah. uh, joke about the most. About, about fifteen minutes from me. That's cool. So I got to roll them all over the years. No doubt, no doubt. Um, so my question for you, um, Patrick, is uh, why have we not seen you north of the border? If you, if you, if you're uh, like, as we, we've seen John Dowd, we've seen uh, Mike Treadwell. Uh, I guarantee, you, uh, if you look at the results, at some point we saw Tony Russo come up and race Canadian National. Um, and based on your skills on two wheels, I can't imagine that uh, a Patrick Carino wouldn't uh, make some noise at a, a Canadian national. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I've always it's always been something I wanted to do, and I'm not here to like stop story and make feel people feel sorry for me on this. Uh, that's not the point of it. Mm. But uh, it's just been you know funding for the most part and okay. you know kind of just figuring everything out and getting everything in place. It just uh, seemed like any time like we were looking to go up there, we just always ran into some trouble with you know entry fee or just traveling uh, in general. You know just okay. But um, it's always been a passion of mine to get up there and uh, you know get the experience with those guys for sure. Absolutely. Well, uh, um, being American, you, you'd be happy to find out that uh, uh, the, the, the American dollar is a little bit stronger than the Canadian dollar. So uh, you'd actually be able to, uh, your dollar goes about 30% further north of the border than it does in, uh, uh, in, in, the, U, in the friendly USA. But uh, maybe that's something we need to, once the, uh, the 2019 Canadian National Series comes out, uh, maybe we can we can put some uh, some funding together to get you to at least one uh, Canadian national. Circle that date on the calendar. Get yourself all fit, ready to go, and uh, um, get Andy White over at uh, FXR to get you some custom made uh, uh, Canadian gear and uh, and get the six fifty six twenty five up uh, up up in the top ten at a at a Canadian national because uh, Lord knows that you would probably be well within the top ten if you raced it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that that would be great. Uh, <laughs> the only downfall of that uh, is uh, I got the got some good people over at Shift and uh, Fox and stuff. Really, really, really helping me. Uh, they came on board this year, and uh, the people over at BTO Sports as well. Um, you know, they're big parts of my program and been great so far. So fair enough. Well, then you then, need uh, to upgrade up, update your Instagram, my friend, because the last po- fo- photo of you riding is is FXR. So you need to change that. Yeah, I've been. Yeah. I've been slacking in that department. Big kind time. Of been, uh, you're sending me DMs, but you're not wild. posting pictures. At least, like, put your kid on and just, like, get get your lovely wife to take a picture of you or something. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. That's just your mission. By the end of the night, I want to see it up. Get, getting everything together for 2019 and stay focused. I but know. I do apologize on that. We'll definitely get on that soon here. I'll have something. No doubt. Well, uh, how do you uh, balance being a uh, a professional motocross racer with your with uh, obviously there's uh, uh, a lot of training and tr- and practice and uh, and bike work that comes along with that, but you're also a uh, a loving husband and uh, a father. Uh, That's something that uh, not too many 26 year olds have on their plate. You certainly t- uh, take that on in stride. Maybe that's why you don't post on Instagram too much. <laughs> Yeah, um, no, I, I enjoy every minute of it. Um, 
it's always busy, always, always busy. Um, it's just, uh, you know, having good mental focus and you know, knowing what you want in life uh, at the end of the day. It just, you know, um, you know, you, you got to just maintain a good uh, work ethic, you know, and especially, uh, you know, family, uh, you know, raising a, you know, a two and a half year old right now, almost going to be three. Uh, some days cannot be easy, but, you know, it's at the end of the day, you love them regardless. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you work hard to, uh, make their life and their future great as well. And, uh, as long as my wife as well. There you go. So, uh, like how, how'd you, how'd you meet the wife? Uh, did, did she just, do you pick her up at the motocross track? What, what, what's, what's the story there? No, um, actually <clears throat> me and my brother, uh, we hit this sand track over by our house. It's kind of local. It's uh, a good uh, practice and good training. Uh, so we used to go over there two or three times a week, and afterwards we grabbed Subway, and uh, she actually worked at the local Subway. Nice. And, uh, that's how we met. There you go. What, yeah. what, is, your, what is your Subway order? Because nobody has ever changed their Subway order. Everyone gets the same thing. Um, usually I keep it, like, pretty original. I get turkey with spinach and uh cheese and that's pretty much it and then uh you know just some like veggies veggies what are we what are we doing for sauce are we going sriracha are we going ranch i go i go light i have to go light mayonnaise okay <laughs> yeah just easy i mean or the or uh sweet onion Fair enough. That's a that's a pretty healthy, uh, pretty healthy sandwich, my friend. You're making a good decision there. Um, yeah, nice for the bread part. <laughs> yeah, well, like honestly, the thing is, is that if you're gonna work as hard as you do in the gym or on the bike, you can afford to have some bread. Like the like people is like ever since the Atkins diet came out like 15 years ago, bread seems to get a really bad rap. But the reality is, is the body re- does need carbohydrates. It does need to have uh, so and like like if uh, if you were sitting on the couch eating candies all day long and not doing anything physical, yeah, maybe eating a white bun uh, isn't your your best bet. But if, if you're working hard for a living, uh, I, I, that's uh, a white bun or like a, a subway bun is probably uh, not even a blip on the radar as far as your fitness goes. So. Um. That, oh that's, yeah, yeah. Sure. That's all I have to say about that. And then but, when uh, I sit down, sit down at night, I look at my Polar Watch, and the thing reads three hundred percent. I think I did my fair share for the day. Yeah. Oh, exactly. No, absolutely. That's. <laughs> I actually need to get one of those. I need to get a uh, a heart rate monitor. That's one of the things that's on my Christmas list this year. Um. You need so, to. Uh, you need to talk to Alden on that. He can hook you up. He's got the hookup over at Polar. There you go. I will. I will actually hit him up on that because I. I. I am fortunate <laughs> enough to have that man's lovely phone number. Um, so, what does the training regimen look like for you? How? Where do you train? How often do you train? Um, what are your sort of like philosophies that you've? I'm sure you've worked with a lot of trainers, like you said, Coach Rob Beams, uh, that you worked with in the past. What do you take from those programs and then now implement it? As I imagine, you're uh, training on your own now. Um, basically, uh, what's a huge part of my program is the concepts to, uh, roller and, uh, gear. Uh, I use that probably about three or four times a week. And then I supplement that in with some weight training, uh, along with some jump rope and jumper jacks set up, kind of, uh, kind of keep it pretty simple. Um, just, you know, 
keep it consistent and not try to burn myself out so much. Fair enough. Yeah. Like uh, it, it, as athletes, it's pretty easy to bite off a little more than we can chew. And then all of a sudden you're, uh, you're, you're completely burnt out and you can't like, you literally can't even do the sport you want to do, or you can't train anymore because you've, you've overextended yourself. Um, that, that is a, a serious uh, issue, especially with athletes that have the ability to ha- like hold a lot of load. Um, so what are you training for right now? What's on, on the horizon? What kind of, um, uh, events are coming down the pipe? Like, do you have a race before Christmas? Are there some events that you have in the new year? What's happening, uh, as far as, uh, races coming up? So as far as right now, um, it's kind of new. Um, it's going to be the first time, like kind of announcing it in a way. Um, but 2019, I went ahead and, uh, I organized uh, my own program. Um, I have uh, great support behind me. Um, as far as uh, Babbitt Kawasaki is going to be helping me out in a huge way, and along uh, Kawasaki Team Green and uh, Monster, and um, I have a bunch of other uh, individual sponsors that are also uh, being a part of my program. And uh, the plan is of right now is to get to the future Supercross and get. Um, you know, get the points that we need to finish this out so we can obtain the license uh, to race the 250 East the following season. Wow, there you go. So there's some healthy aspirations there. We're looking at possibly racing 250 West in tw- or, yeah, 250 East in 2020, um, which I guess is, yeah, that's the next step as far as uh, if you're not, if, if Arena Cross isn't going to be an option, go race some Super Crosses. Um, and uh, that's a few less yeah. events uh, to, be, to be taking on throughout the year. So it's probably about the same expenses as uh, racing a, a rigorous uh, Arena Cross schedule. So uh, that being said, um, where are you going to be riding? Where, like, where, where, the, where are the practice laps going to get knocked down? Um, in the coming months, so that you're ready to go. Um, unfortunately, they never get knocked down anywhere because I'm either pinned to work or I just can't drive 12 hours down south to okay. just practice for a weekend and then come home, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. But I mean, the way I look at it is, is you know, now the this weather is on our side is uh, switching a little bit for the most part. So when we do get an opportunity, we like to get down to English town and just, you know, get some laps in down there where it's a little bit warmer. Okay. Whenever we get the opportunity, we get a warm weekend. Fair enough. So how, how do you uh, make these connections with all of your awesome sponsors? Having a, like having monster as a sponsor, that's not something that a lot of people can boast. Uh, same thing with team green. How do you keep those relationships fresh? Um, and, and now to hear that you're going to be, uh, you're going to be a Fox slash shift athlete. That's pretty cool. Um, and, Honestly, if I was to do, if I was to give every motocross racer uh, some truth serum as to who they would like to be sponsored by, uh, all of them would probably say Fast House, and then their second choice would be uh, a Fox or Shift. So uh, yeah, you're you're at the top of the list there. Yeah, I just, um, you know, I I just been very fortunate enough over the years to meet some great people and uh, really network myself well and put myself in a good situation and just um you know um a long time ago um growing up uh, i was living in upstate new york uh i talked to a legend <laughs> i was also very good friends with his son uh you might know him as carlo cohen i he do told me in, in this industry very important to network respect everyone yeah and never burn any bridges because it's a small industry and networking will get you far 
There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Huh. Representing yourself well and uh, and putting your best foot forward is something that uh, maybe is a little bit too overlooked um, in in this day and age. There's a lot of riders that like they they're they're concerned with uh, Instagram followers or how much of this or how much of that. But uh, those those connections, those relationships are what really um, uh, move the needle for people. And uh, and honestly, that's a lot of what, what I've been able to do. Like, by no means am I a top-level, top-flight motocross racer. I've been in the B class since uh, since 2004, Patrick. 2004, I've been in the, in the, the B class. But based on my ability to uh, have meaningful conversation, uh, useful conversation with these decision makers at these businesses, I've been able to put myself in a position where uh, outside of um, gas to the track and the admission to the track, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't have to, I don't have too many expenses when it comes to moto anymore. And, and that's uh, a, a great to thank of just like how much I've been able to, to network and, uh, and work with these companies. So uh, I think you're on the right yeah, track there. Absolutely. And, you know, in that, in this day and age, it's, you could be, you know, a great, you could be one of the greatest, but if you don't know how to pick up the phone and talk to these people, then it's, it's a shot in the dark for you, you know, unfortunately, because the, you know, the, that's what these companies, you know, want. They want somebody that carries themselves well and wants to put their best foot forward and work hard. And, you know, actually at the end of the day, you know, be, be involved with them um you know that you know some of you know sadly enough but you know everyone just thinks like you know this industry is just built off results but at the end of the day if you can't you know carry yourself well along with the results it, it's sadly enough will you know won't get you far you know you gotta you gotta have a good mindset and want to talk to these people and uh respect them and uh help them because if uh you know, if you want them to help you, they will help you. It's just about uh, being respectful and uh, being being enthused about it. Absolutely. So, uh, growing up in the uh, Team Green program, you've seen uh, your kind of teammates or your your riding mates like a uh, um, Adam C. and Cirillo go on to win Supercross races, be a championship contender. Uh, also deal with a lot of injuries and and uh, and injury woes that way. But also you've you've known guys like you'd mentioned Zach Freeberg, a guy who, uh, for all intents and purposes, extremely skilled, extremely um, like highly touted coming out of amateurs. He was kind of like a uh, a dark horse pick to be to really make some noise in the pros. And now he finds himself doing a regular job. Um, what uh, like like yourself, honestly. Um, like, what's your thoughts on like that whole scenario of how that kind of that transition goes from uh, being a uh, an amateur that can really like they can do some pretty special things on a motorcycle to to eventually someone who's uh, um, sort of just doing it like not like the the level of support that a guy like Adam would have compared to what you have is just like you're not even it's not even apples and uh, apples to apples right no. so like what what's uh no, like, what's that transition like uh and like honestly like as far as getting sort I, of support taken away like what is what would what's what's the hardest part about that i i honestly you know think for the most part it's it's kind of uh you know kind of a crazy way to look at it but you know um you've seen it throughout the years 
people come through and they're dominant, dominant as an amateur. And then they turn pro and they're just like, they fall off the grid. And then you don't see them, you know. Um, it's just like, you know, you get some guys that, you know, they've never won a title and they've never really done anything as an amateur and you don't know them. And then they groom themselves into being great pros. It's just, uh, you know, just where just the way it falls and it so happens to be, uh, you know, we've been seeing it a lot over the years and I think it's, uh, it's kind of so up and down. You really don't know what to expect. Um, you could be, you know, a so, so guy, you know, as an amateur and then, you know, you turn pro and the light switch turns on and, you know, everything takes over and you end up being some, you know, great racer. It's very, 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 uh, so chaotic. For sure. Some guys, some people are, uh, some people perform great under the lights. Some people wilt uh, under the pressure. I think of a guy like um, Weston Pike, who um, I-, I had no idea who he was as an amateur. The only reason I knew uh, at all who Weston Pike was is that he had a very, and I had to go back and rewatch it to f- figure it out. Um, he had a very small um, segment in a motocross video, I think, I think it was Warriors Code way back. Like this is like mini, one of the mini Warriors. No, it was it was called Warriors Code. I'd have to. I oh, like. Okay. I, I don't think anybody. Like I. Like I swear to God, I'm maybe one of like a hundred people who bought this DVD or how I even got it. It was wasn't a great video. I don't remember who even put it out, but uh, he had a seg- segment late in the uh, in the in the uh, in the in the video. But I had no idea who he was until uh, he, him and Bobby Canary uh, were like neck and neck coming off the uh, the Daytona Supercross, probably the same year that you went and uh, and raced that one two five. Yeah. yeah, I do remember that actually because Bobby is uh, actually from New York, so I oh, yeah. I remember that whole. Uh, and uh, you know, speaking on the matter, um, I just want to give my uh, give a shout out to Weston and you know best wishes on the recovery. Absolutely, the guy's uh, the guy still eats uh, cement for breakfast. So he, I believe he'll be he will make a full recovery. Um, crazy to think of the the injury and the uh, the the surgery that he went through. Um, that is like the guy is an Iron Man, and uh, uh, if he rides a motorcycle, if he races in 2019, uh, he that is like. Rider of the year. I don't care who you are. You had your face pulled off and you raced in the same calendar year. You're, you're, you're a badass in my books. But um, absolutely, yeah. Like, it's it's amazing to see how certain guys, like a guy like Weston, who was relatively unknown as an amateur, all of a sudden turns pro and immediately starts to make serious noise. And uh, not immediately, like, like like he was. He sort of worked his way up. You know what I mean. Whereas other guys who um this is kind of a bad example because he's dealt with a lot of injuries but a guy like zach bell who like for all intents and purposes was like a blue chip this guy's going to the pros watch out multiple championship style rider and now he, he's still extremely talented and he wins championships of the big six championship but uh for all intents and purposes he was a uh pretty much like odds-on favorite to uh, battle with Adam C. and Cirolo for championships uh, alongside Cooper Webb and all that fun stuff. Like, he should be, like, kind of, he should be part of this rookie class coming into uh, the 450 class this year. If, if his chips fall the way they're supposed to, you know what I mean? 
for sure and you know it's unfortunate but in this sport uh you know nothing's promised and you know we see it time and time again and uh it's tough for like you know being a guy from new york uh you know being a guy from you know the new england area it's you know it's very 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 unfortunate that you know we're very very far away from all these you know these big teams and you know everything and being out in california and you know these teams getting to see us and you know actually you know put a face with the pitcher and all that good stuff it just makes it difficult for us so you know there are a lot of guys like coming up through that you never even you know you really never even know of and then you know they go out and uh, they hit a couple super crosses and a couple outdoors and then you know a couple people take notice on them but in that sense it's you know it's very difficult for us uh you know from being from this area to you know obtain a uh, known you know profile for being you know out there in front of these big teams fair enough so i asked uh who did i have on the podcast last week uh that's embarrassing to to not remember <laughs> um but uh either way Oh, Cole Thompson. I was talking to Cole Thompson. Someone you actually probably raced against as well because he's kind of from that area. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually raced that two, the Open 16 two-stroke class with oh, him nice. uh, that, that year at Daytona and then uh, a few other like amateur events. There you go. So uh, I asked him this question. I asked you the same question. Who is a guy that you raced against growing up who for, like, was like basically like just a complete badass and went super fast that ended up not even maybe even going pro some kid on maybe like like 60s or 80s or uh like someone who shredded in the b class that like maybe they don't even ride anymore or they just like completely got out of it after maybe some injuries or something like that um i had a couple local guys uh used to race this series uh over in district three um Wednesday night supercrosses, uh, Royal Mountain. This is back when I was on uh, Super Minis, and uh, there was a group of kids that always hung out together, and they were on Cowies, and they were super super fast. And I just like remember like wanting to be like you know the young kid involved in their clique because you know they were all guys like that were just one two three every single weekend, you know, and you know every you know every race you went to you know one two three, and then you know this time went on time went on and they just it was like they faded away and uh you know it's very sad to say uh they ended up being great friends of mine but you know they just struggled with you know um two of them went on to uh struggle with addiction and another one um just ended up going to college and pursuing other other paths of life right absolutely and, and, they, and as you know young kids you know racing super minis and everything like these kids were they were unbelievable. They were unbeatable around here. And, you know, at, at times, I remember back when I was 15, um, he and uh, the one kid, Michael, ended up going to Las Vegas and taking a third place in the U.S. Open in the Super Mini class. Really? Who's that? Yeah, Michael Dawson. Michael Dawson. That might have been, like, one of the first years of it then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I believe he is. 31 okay yeah yeah now. that's, that's uh yep. yeah well actually yeah that was straight up the actual u.s open that's not monster cup that's yeah that, that that's been going for quite some time in fact uh guys like 
uh, Michael Essie even raced that thing. Um, what about a guy like yeah. Nick Desiderio? Like, that's a guy from that area who, like, at one point was sort of like, he was on the rise and then uh, sort of derailed. I think that was uh, that was an instance where maybe uh, got uh, got caught up in some things that he shouldn't have, and, and and that's a little bit of a sad story, to be honest. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I got the chance to know Nick a little bit better. I actually lived with him uh, for a little bit down in Florida, uh, Dakota's, um, and uh, you know he was a great kid, a great rider, uh, just unfortunate, but. Uh, you know, I got the chance to see him uh, probably about two weeks ago. I raced the local kicker arena cross up here in Albany, New York. And uh, so, does he still rides? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From time to time, uh, I think it's like a hit or miss uh, type thing. I haven't seen him in quite some time. Mm. Uh, really, just uh, said hello, and that was about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, yeah. That being said, we're we're getting into uh, the Christmas season. We're only uh, we're we're three weeks away, I guess, or two two three weeks away from Christmas now. Uh, almost yeah, two weeks. It's the tenth. Uh, the twenty fifth uh, will be Christmas. Uh, like, what what are some Christmas traditions at the uh, at the, the Italian uh, Carino household? Uh, I imagine that maybe things are a little bit different than they are at the uh, the Gebhardt uh, German Christmas. <laughs> yeah for sure uh we just uh we got uh rider his little elf and uh nice he's he's just loving that and uh we're kind of just shopping um pictures, you know running around pictures with santa? Cut, cut what was that pictures with santa oh for sure for sure yeah nice uh actually the last weekend at the mall he just got them done and uh he's been uh this is his first year of knowing exactly what's going on. And, oh yeah. Uh, so, so it, it, it's a, it's a pretty big year for him. So we're making it as best as we can for him. And, uh, you know, me and, uh, my wife are running around with our heads cut off and, you know, doing all that shopping and, you know, barely seeing each other <laughs> right now. We're just, uh, so pinned, but at, at, excited at the same time. And, uh, you know, also we've been, uh, we did, uh, some, uh, cookie decorations with them and you know small things like that put the tree up you know the whole ordeal just really liking it and you know really uh loving the season and just you know playing the holiday music he's a big fan of the grinch really likes the grinch every day <laughs> when i come home after i pick him up he was we gotta watch the grinch grinch and never get told to him fair enough well <laughs> it like that that is ironic that the the grinch which who tried to steal christmas would then become uh, the favorite of a uh, of a of a, a young child that uh, in turn loves Christmas. Um, yeah, exactly. that's, that's pretty. That's pretty wild. Um, like, uh, I, I, of course, uh, we had our own traditions up here in Canada, and uh, Chris, like you guys get a fair bit of winter. You get like a, a serious dose of winter. Not maybe not uh, minus thirty the way I get winter, but that's not really a fun winter whatsoever. I think I almost prefer yours. Um, but we. Get, uh, we- we definitely get our fair share of that. It just yeah. so happens to be that this global warming thing, I think, mm-hmm. is taking effect on us because, like, you know, we should have probably a couple feet of snow by now. We don't have anything. <laughs> fair enough. Well, that probably makes uh, driving truck a little bit easier uh, in and of itself that uh, you're not dealing with the, uh, with the snow banks and the whatnot. For sure. Absolutely. So, uh, 
This has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, my friend. I will plug your Instagram now under the one condition that we get a post at least once a week, my friend. Come on, give me some posts. Even if it's a throwback Thursday, Patrick Carino, no no hashtags, no underscores, no numbers. Patrick Carino is where you'd find Patrick on Instagram and uh, add to his uh, 2,388 followers. And, uh, and hopefully that'll uh, coax him to want to uh, show more photos of him uh, riding his motorcycle or his uh, beautiful little family there. For sure, for sure. And uh, if, if you don't mind, I'd just like to uh, give a shout out to some of the people that are going to be helping me for 2019. Of and, course. Uh, yeah, so uh, for 2019, um, I'm going to have um, Babbitt helping me, uh, Kawasaki uh, Team Green uh, Monster. Uh, Bolt Motorcycle Hardware, Tenda Tires. Um, uh, you know, you know how tough this gets. Yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. You don't have your Fox. back fender in front of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Box shift. Um, anybody else I'm leaving out? I just really appreciate everyone's support and sticking behind me, and uh, I really hope that we can make this a successful year. And uh, also want to give a shout out. Uh, almost forgot this guts racing and works connection they're a big part of my program as well along with yoshimira definitely got to plug them they've been huge uh one more hammerhead designs hammerhead and who Uh, i said i swear i'm done after that (laughs) that's an impressive list and i hope that it grows uh as you continue throughout 2019 my friend always a pleasure to chat with you whether it's uh in the in the direct messages on uh, on Instagram or now on the podcast, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Actually, I had you on a little bit longer than expected. I just really enjoyed the conversation. Um, so uh, yeah, like we'll, we'll maybe have to make this a uh, repeat offender. Catch up with you uh, a little bit later in the year as you um, compete in those Supercross Futures events. Uh, but uh, this has been fun, Peter or Peter uh, Patrick. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, no problem. It's a pleasure. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely, my friend. Do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there.